Hello, and welcome to the Intersectionality Research Hub podcast series from Concordia University. Introductory episode. What is intersectionality and why is it important? To me, intersectionality is about power, its dispersion, how it operates, and how it disenfranchises. It's a framework used to examine various identity categories, or what Kimberly Crenshaw and Anna Karastasis refer to as coalitions. Intersectionality, to me, is a theoretical framework that prioritizes the needs of marginalized people. To me, intersectionality means trying to see people in detail, rejecting a two-dimensional perspective. Um, To me, intersectionality means acknowledging the privileges and penalties of our societies and also actively working towards dismantling them. Intersectionality for me is about the field of power I have access to and the way my identities navigate through that. If I have to define intersectionality, it's the crossroads of multiples. When I think of myself from an intersectional perspective, I think of how I can't actually separate who I am as a woman from who I am as a black woman from who I am as a black Anglophone woman because you can't isolate who you are in that way. My name is Yasmin Jiwani. I'm the Concordia University Research Chair in Intersectionality, Violence and Resistance. Intersectionality is what's known as a heuristic. It's, a, it's an analytical device, and it's one where we can actually see the ways in which race, gender, class, age, religion, um, all of those sort of aspects of identity that are used to compartmentalize us actually fuse together in what we are. Intersectionality is really useful because it points out, it illuminates the areas where we could be doing more work, where in fact there is a differential level of oppression. That's not to say intersectionality is about what is commonly thought of as a kind of uh, Olympics of oppression. It's not like that. It's actually about seeing what sites are visible and which sites are invisible. How, in fact, do things come together to complicate and compound the kinds of oppressions that one experiences? Intersectionality, when we look at its histories, and it has many histories, actually emerges from the black feminist movement. And there, one of the issues was, how do we bring, how do we make visible the ways in which race, gender, class, sexuality come together to actually affect the life chances and the life experiences of black women? So intersectionality, to me, above all else, is about power and social justice. And in doing an intersectional analysis, what we're really interested in is how power travels along different conduits or axes, and how, in fact, that dominant power is used to categorize, sort, order, and organize social reality so that our complexities as individuals' position at these intersections are not taken into account, are in fact reduced. So I have to choose, if I were to write out a form, say for instance, some of the forms that are around around equity issues, am I a woman 
am I a person of color, etc. In doing intersectional analysis, one has to be mindful of the different anchors that actually ground this as an analytic. We need to be mindful of what exactly we're looking at. So in looking at these anchors, there are some that come immediately to mind. One is the issue of standpoint. And what is standpoint? Oftentimes, standpoint becomes individually interpreted, almost individualized, especially in the present neoliberal um, politics that we are living. We tend to think of standpoint as, this is what I am. This is where I'm positioned. It's not about that. Standpoint is about shared group location and shared histories. So in other words, how are particular groups located in the hierarchy that is there in society. How are they located socioeconomically? How are they located in terms of social political stuff? How are they located, from my perspective as a media theorist, in the whole representational economy that inheres in so many different media platforms? So how are different bodies situated? To me, the second major anchor of intersectionality as an analytic is the issue of relationality. So when we are in fact looking at this hierarchy, we need to see how are different groups positioned vis-a-vis -vis each other. And that's where relationality becomes really important. So if I were to ground this in terms of media analysis, then the issue would be how does whiteness remain in the background and blackness foregrounded against this kind of invisible background. So it's those contrasts. But at the same time, if I were to deploy that kind of analysis, then I would be looking at what are the rankings of the different groups in terms of the stereotypes that abound by them. So as a recent piece of research has shown, there is a focus on blackness and criminality. At the same time, what kind of criminality? So when we look at the Arab body or the Muslim body, what kind of crime is it connected to? A related aspect of relationality and the third anchor to me of the intersectionality framework or it analytic is the issue of visibility and invisibility. In fact, the intersectional project, if one were to call it that, when it emanated or emerged from black feminist thought was precisely to make visible the compounding influences of race, class, gender, and sexuality in the lives of black women and religion as well. But there is another side to it, which is also how, in fact, can we make visible the invisible nexus of power that operates in society? So the idea of the white middle class male from a particular religious background, that's an intersectional position as well. And we need to look at those invisible intersectionalities as much as we throw light on the visible intersectionalities that we're seeking to bring up and seeking to analyze in terms of how these intersectional identities and the, the matrix of power actually influences the shaping of these intersectional identities. The fourth anchor, if I might call it that, is uh, the re-articulation of categories. And it's, it's the re-articulation of categories that is sometimes slippery in an intersectional framework. 
But we have to ground it again. None of this can make sense unless we look at the history of black feminist thought. And one of the essential parts of that is a, what I would call a refusal of essentialism, which is not all bodies that might look a particular way are the same. Not all brown women are the same. Not all indigenous people are the same. We have to factor in the aspects of class, social location, religion, all of these things come into the making of an identity. So it's a refusal of essentialism. But at the same time, it's a refusal of essentialism predicated on a recognition of the interlocking and intersecting entanglements that produce particular lived experiences. And here I want to make a point of arguing that while intersectionality rejects that kind of essentialism that creates a sameness, it also deploys what Gayatri Spivak has called a strategic essentialism. And strategic essentialism is the thing that brings people together. It's when we look at movements like Idle No More, Black Lives Matter, uh, Occupy, it's that strategic essentialism. What is it that we share, you know, that in fact can motivate us and organize us to do something about this? So having said that, I would say the last analytic, if there is, it's not part of the analytic, but it's certainly something that makes intersectionality such a useful device. It's the whole idea that if you reject essentialism, but by or deploy a strategic essentialism, you actually create the foundations of solidarity. And this is, in a way, something that I want to emphasize because, to me, it's not about identity politics. It's about the politics of identity. And so when we have a shared politics, we can begin to carve out or say, identify areas of mutual concern. And it's that solidarity that is absolutely critical in this present conjuncture. For me, the appeal of intersectionality lies in the fact that it offers us a tool by which to examine hidden and invisible aspects of power, but also to see how power shapes our realities and identities. If I were to look at myself, I'm an intersectional person. I occupy so many different intersections. But I'm wary of saying that in one way because intersectionality has become mainstreamed. And when we think about its mainstreaming of it, then yes, everyone's intersectional. Every single person in the world is intersectional because every single person occupies a particular race, class, gender, sexuality, religion, all of those sort of aspects. So you can't say that intersectionality is about everyone. We have to remember that intersectionality is about power and social justice. So when I look at myself, it's like, okay, I'm positioned at the intersections of so many different influences, race, class, gender, age, religion, disability, and so forth. But what is it about being at that intersection that subjects me to particular kinds of oppression? That's one part of it that's really important. The second part of it is, in what way am I being hailed or called upon to identify myself through one or two lenses? So either just as a woman, a woman of color, a Muslim, a person with disabilities, all of those things. How, in fact, 
am I being sort of called upon to identify myself in a compartmentalized way that doesn't take into account the complexity of the the fusion of the influences that shape my life and that place me in a particular location in the social order. Hi, my name is Nicole Taylor, and I'm a master's student in media studies, and I'm a research assistant for the Intersectionality Research Hub. I also oversee the Digital Graveyards Project that we've been working on, which started in May 2017. So the Intersectionality Research Hub is responsible for hosting or partnering with other university groups to host events that touch on different systems of repression that affect minority groups. The very first event that we had, which sort of kicked off the Intersectionality Research Hub, was with Dr. Shireen Razak exploring the framework of intersectionality, its root concerning the violences that minorities face, and using it to discuss murdered and missing Indigenous women. From there, we've hosted Nico Carpentier, Robin Maynard to speak about her book, Policing Black Lives, Dr. Manichuka Celeste from the University of Florida, Professor Kamal Alsolele from Ryerson, Dr. Angela Failer from the University of Winnipeg, and most recently, Dr. Blue Ibanda de Beberi from the University of Ottawa. Future events that we have coming up in the winter term include a remembrance panel for the victims of St. Foy, as well as welcoming Dr. Wendy Chen along with the Feminist Media Studio. Along with being involved in research that interrogates and investigates intersectionality, violence, and resistance, one of the major research shirk-funded projects that the Hub is involved in is referred to as the Digital Graveyards Project. This project involves cataloging various websites that allow users to create digital memorials for their loved ones. These websites have been cataloged on our project website, thanatech.org. We've also analyzed their visual characteristics and the features that they afford their users, furthermore looking at how race and representation appear within these online memorials. The Intersectionality Research Hub has partnered with several groups throughout the university, which includes the Black Studies Group, which we've hosted two events with, Robin Maynard and Dr. De Beberi. We've also partnered with the Feminist Media Studio to bring Wendy Chen. And lastly, we've aligned ourselves with ACT and Engage. Intersectionality is a term coined by Black feminist legal theorist Kimberly Crenshaw to explain how people at the intersection of different marginalized identities are invisibilized, ignored, and or subjugated by power. The Intersectionality Research Hub is a project headed by Professor Yasmin Diwani with financing by Concordia University. You can find more information on Facebook or at intersectionalityhub.ca or by coming to visit us in person at Concordia.